Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. We are in the middle of the fastest moving technology shift in our lifetime. And for the majority of us listening, we live through the birth of the internet. So that's definitely saying something. Here's the good news. It's good news. Truly, I have so much to fill you in on. Join me for my upcoming workshop, The Market Shift. It's so crucial to online businesses that I'm offering it completely for free. No strings attached, just pure actionable insights that will help you navigate the coming changes. But that's not all. If you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get exclusive access to my brand new mini course, The Two-Click Funnel absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I'm running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Join me and prepare your business for the future. Go to bossproject.com shift to register now. If you're hearing this, there's still time. Don't miss out bossproject.com shift. Hey, Megan, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. I am so glad to have you here. We are excited to virtually introduce you to the Strategy Hour family. We have been loving working with you behind the scenes. For those of you who haven't met Megan yet, she is one of our new client success coaches over inside the incubator, and she works alongside our clients to really uncover some of the mindset work that's necessary to take you to the next level. She also happens to be from Kansas City. We went to the same college, got the same degree, and I think we think a lot alike. And so it's been really fun to dig in not just to the mindset and confidence work, but also we really value creative thinking and I really think Megan's background in design specifically makes her a really valuable player because when you think visually, there's just so many other things that are happening. So I'm excited for you guys to get a preview of Megan's brain today. And we're going to be talking a lot more about y'all's beliefs about yourself and some things you need to be working through because... I hear, I hear whether you're willing to admit it or not that maybe yeah, I feel we like need some work. mindset topic for us. It's not something that you and I, Abby, tackle a lot here on the show or really even with our clients because I don't necessarily feel equipped to like help people through the thinking process of mindset work. You guys know what we've had like our good friend Jess Ely on to kind of talk about that stuff, and it blows my mind every time. But one of my own mindset things is like. If I just ignore it, it's not real. Like just push through until it's actually slapping me in the face and like, oh, maybe I need to address this. And so I don't think that type of advice is actually helpful. And so we're bringing on someone who like actually knows her shit around this conversation. But the reason why this whole topic even started in the first place is, you know, we're working with clients again inside the incubator. Have you heard of it? And 
or I'm not going to like name names or get into too many details, but on the intake form for our new clients, we ask them a question that's like, how do you like to treat yourself? And it's literally for selfish reasons why we're asking it because we want to, spoiler alert, surprise and delight you throughout your time working with us. Maybe we'll send you some candies or a coffee or whatever it is that you like. What are the fancy things in life for you? And when we started reading the responses <laughs> and the majority, I would say the majority of our clients didn't answer the question in the way that was actually helpful for us getting to know something that we could like treat you with. It was answered in some way that was like, I don't, I don't treat myself or I wouldn't even know what to say here. Yeah. Or it would be nice if I had this thing, but like, that's not reality. And it was this really like, what I call like mind junkie type of responses. And it really, really surprised mm -hmm. me. And so I brought it up to Megan and was like, can we talk about what it means for professional, successful women to say, I don't treat myself and I couldn't even think about what to put in this box on a form? Yeah. Now, before we dive into that conversation, I would love to take two minutes, Megan, and just have you cue up a bit of your background. Like, how did you come to work in confidence and in boundaries and in inner work? Like, where did you get there? And what are some of your background and certifications? Totally. Yeah. So it kind of, and I feel like a lot of people say this fell into my lap in the sense that. I was always kind of a leader slash developer. Developer was one of my top five strengths. And it all started on a Zoom call with my sister, actually, who was interviewing for jobs. And she was really just unsure what she wanted. And I was kind of poking and prodding with some thought-provoking questions. And this is like one of the one of the most pivotal moments that made me decide this is what I needed to be doing is she looked at me and she started crying and she said, mm. I don't know who I am. Mm. And as a big sister, like immediately just got super emotional, like, and we started having calls together and figuring it out and working through it. And as I dove into kind of building a business out of it, I decided I wanted to get some certification. So I am a certified quantum life coach. I am certified in emotional freedom technique, which is tapping, timeline technique, as well as Reiki level one and two. And as I just dive deeper in that, it is so interesting how, how important confidence is when it comes to things like mindset, boundaries, treating yourself, all of those things. And so that's a little bit of my background and kind of how I fell into coaching. That was a couple of years ago. And now I'm just so excited to kind of bring this expertise with my design degree. Just this like really interesting toolbox of things for all of our incubator clients. And it's just been, it's been wild kind of diving in. Emily, you said some of the examples we saw on the intake form. I think my favorite example was the one that yeah. was like, LOL, what is yeah. treating myself? Yeah. So what, what, went through, what went through your trained certified mind when you were seeing those responses? In my mind, it was like a yeah. big, like Midwestern. Oh. <laughs> like, oh. I'm like, oh, we, we can definitely unpack that. And, but really other than the OPE is just a little bit of sadness because there are so many successful entrepreneurs and creatives out there who aren't treating themselves and they don't even know that they 
could be or can be or want to be. It's just something for them that is out of reach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think so much of it comes back to how we were raised and at least, at least how I was raised, I was raised as my, to be submissive, have my parents be seen as an authority to, in some ways and, and sometimes very unhealthy ways, bend my emotions to make other people happy, accommodate, mm-hmm. like I could go on and on. <laughs> I'm in therapy for all this because well, and also a birth order plays into through. that too. So like you don't even necessarily need Absolutely. the trauma childhood, but firstborn daughters hold a lot of emotional responsibilities for their families. Absolutely. And I think we're just as a society as women taught that we are supposed to be nurturers and caretakers and even if that's not totally who you feel like you are deep down, you take on this role at such a young age that it's hard to imagine not doing that. But I think the funny thing is, at least from my perspective, is you don't have to give up that identity as caretaker, loving, empathetic, compassionate, whatever. Like you can continue to be all of those things and prioritize yourself. But I think so many people see it as one or the other and that they have to either be selfish or be focused on others. And so can we talk a little bit about what you see as the difference between selfish and self-care? Yeah, totally. I would say in general, and I'm generalizing here, people who think they're being selfish are, are not not selfish at all. One of the most interesting things here is, like you said, we were taught from a young age, you know, as women to take care of others and it doesn't matter how you feel. So anytime we do something like that, when it's an effort to be self-care, even if it is self-care, it's going to feel selfish because we have not released that belief that it is required of us to take care of others. And that's something that we have to do is like let go of that story we've been telling ourselves that's not our story that's somebody else's story from generations ago this is 2021 whatever year this is it is time for us to understand that self-care is crucial and there's nothing selfish about taking care of yourself because if you cannot take care of yourself how do you expect to take care of others or show up for your business or do anything if your cup is empty well and i want to get clear too on our definition of self-care i mentioned this before we hit record but i'll at least say it for the people who are trying to convince me that taking a shower is self-care because it's not that brushing your hair is self-care that even treating yourself to making the bed every single day is self-care. It's not. Like those are very very bare minimum standards that humans meet in order to exist as humans. And so this is the self-care that we're talking about is past that. It's different for everyone, but it's past that. I think in my head when we're talking about self-care, I can very much understand the response of And that's not even how we ask the question. We literally said, how do you treat yourself? But I feel like our clients internalized it as what do you do for self-care? 
because I do feel like we got a lot of self-carry type responses where some of it was like massages or like I'll walk around Target or whatever. To me, those are self-care things, not necessarily treat yourself things. But I also think the headspace around like treat yourself for me has always been like, oh, well, that takes money. And like, I need to, like, I need to budget for that. And I right now don't have the money for self-care. And so I'm not going to do any of that. Cause like, to me, self-care is like maybe facials or monthly massages or even shopping for certain things, whatever. So to me, it's always like a luxury thing. Is there a realm in which can we even just brainstorm for a second of what else could self-care actually look like? Cause to me, it's either showering or like spending money on expensive facials. There's no in-between. Mm-hmm. You're so right. And self-care looks so different for every person. And I think that's something that gets confusing and we get caught up in is, is we think somebody else's right. self-care is going to be what makes us feel better. Where in reality, it's kind of diving into what actually lights you up, what gives you that energy, what brings you back to center and grounds you. For some people, it's being outside. It's going for a hike, which is 100% free. Some people, it's like listening to a musical and dancing, 100% free. There are so many ways to practice self-care, doing those things that like light you up. Mm-hmm that don't cost any money. And absolutely, there are ways to treat yourself and practice self-care like shopping and, you know, all that retail therapy or going to a nice sushi dinner or a big (laughs) giant latte on Saturday morning. But that's the thing is self-care looks different for everyone. So the important part of that is kind of nailing down what it is that actually brings you joy. Right. Well, and I think a good way to kind of, because I think it is like, there's three buckets here. We have like health care, which is literally like making sure you have the needs to thrive as just a basic human, like meeting your basic human needs and hygiene and all of that. And then you have self-care, which I think is more emotionally focused. This is more about mindset and like feeling refreshed and feeling good. And then there's treating yourself, which is more of a reward centric kind of thought process. And some people want physical things and some people absolutely do not. And so we have to figure out how can we divide these three buckets? I think first of all, you need to decide because some of you aren't even Mm -hmm. doing the most basic health care things. And your health care list may be different than someone else's. But that's because it's your your needs as a human are different than other people. Like maybe you have chronic pain, or you have a chronic health condition that requires different things. Like Megan has a laundry list of things she's allergic to. Her minimum you know, health care is not health care. Health care is making sure she's reading nutritional labels and that she's not going to have an allergic reaction to things. But that's a basic human need. That's not her taking care of herself. You know what I mean? And so like, for me, it is everything related to basic hygiene, but also things that my body needs. And my body needs have changed as I've gotten older. I could like beat myself up and bounce back in two seconds flat in my oh, 20s in my 30s I like literally go bend over to get a pan and I'm like oh my back so like I, I, the things I need are just different and so 
I want you to start thinking of these as different buckets. And first of all, the first bucket is non-negotiable. You just, that's, you got to take care of those things. Self-care is required to be emotionally well. And so I think knowing what brings you energy in both directions, like what fills you up and what takes away. Like I love people, like a deep love of other people, deep love of conversations, deep love of community and camaraderie. But it is absolutely not a self-care activity. Mm-hmm. I am exhausted after being in a room full of people. And what I want nothing more is to put my feet up under a cozy blanket and pet my dog. Like literally spending five minutes petting my dog will fill me up far more than being in a conference room full of other business owners. Like I know that and have altered my behavior to accommodate those things. I think I felt a pressure when we were early on in business that I had to be in all these places and show up to all these things. And if I didn't do that, then I wasn't professional enough or whatever. And it's like, well, if that exhausts you, then then why are you prioritizing it? And not that you can't do those things. There's some things you're going to do that are exhausting, but you want to do them anyway. <laughs> also valid. <laughs> but like, what are you doing to fill your cut back up after all of that's over? I don't know. I think there's a lot to dive into here. Yeah, totally. There is so much to dive into. And I love what you said about the three buckets, you know, healthcare being that non-negotiable hygiene and taking care of yourself. And then self-care being that next step that's also like also kind of a non-negotiable. And then on top of that is the treat yourself bucket. Like these three buckets are all we need things inside these buckets at all times. Mm-hmm. I hear so often from entrepreneurs and other, you know, our clients that they treat themselves like once a year and that's not enough. That is not enough. Yeah. Especially when 99% of their treat themselves are actually just self-care or basic needs. I'm interrupting myself to bring you something that could change your business forever. I'm hosting a workshop that's so important. I've made it 100% free for all online businesses. Here's what I can promise you. Inside the market shift, you're going to get the most value-packed 90 minutes you've seen in years. I'm going to share the ecosystem that represents online businesses today. You're going to walk away knowing how to create more predictable income and sustainably scale, regardless of where you're starting today. You'll uncover the AI secrets top entrepreneurs use to stay ahead, boost productivity, and secure their future. You'll have the exact equation that's making wealthy people wealthier and be able to steal copy-paste it before it widens the wealth gap any further. When you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get access to my exclusive brand new mini course, the two-click funnel, absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I've been running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Save your seat right now at bossproject.com shift, then share it with a friend. There isn't much time between now and the workshop, so head right now to bossproject.com shift to claim your spot. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to go back to a little bit, the point that you made at the beginning about what got you into all of this in the first place and something you said about why do we think it was hard to answer the question? Because honestly, self-care comes down to knowing what you need to feel energized. And when you brought up your sister's language at the beginning where I don't even know who I am, I think that's the root of the actual issue. And oh, do I remember those feelings of like, what am I even doing with my life? What do I like? What do I even want? And I'm still figuring it out. But I think there are so many people out there who we think that we're supposed to figure out what we like or who we are in our 20s, right? Like go off to school and like you're off on your own now and you're going to like learn all these things about yourself. And you definitely do. But I think we wake up like quote unquote after that and we're like, okay, I should have had it figured out. I should know everything about myself and I should know what I actually like and what I want to do. And when we realize we don't actually have a clue it feels like this brick wall of like, okay, well, if I don't know, then I, then I can't do anything. So do you have any sort of thought provoking questions or exercise where our listeners can kind of walk through if they're sitting there, like having that same crisis of, I don't know who I am and I don't know what I like. Well, how do we actually find that out? That is a great question. And you're so right. If you don't know who you are, how would you know what fills your cup up? You like, the first, I would say the first step to like confidence and understanding who you are so you can set those boundaries and treat yourself and just really take care of you. That whole first step is this just like big old thing of self-awareness. And when it comes to self-awareness, like, and this is like, I always say self-awareness is the hard work. And then, you know, you move into all the stuff after that is the rewarding work, but like the hard, like, if everybody knew who they were, we wouldn't be having this conversation about self-awareness and treating yourself. But Mm -hmm. so the thing with self-awareness is it's a lot of deep reflecting and answering those hard questions about who you are and who made you who you are kind of just like, it's a lot, it's going back into your past and then evaluating your present and then looking towards your future. Like, who actually are you? And I have a a ton of questions I could unload on you right now. I would say my best advice for somebody who's struggling, who doesn't know who they are is some journaling. Mm -hmm. And I get a ton of hesitation around journaling because a lot of people I would say hang out in that perfectionist realm. And they're like, I can't journal because I don't know how I'm not going to do it right. There's, they think there's like this magical way to journal, like journaling is this thing. But there's no wrong way to journal, first of all. So I invite you, 
if you're struggling with who you are, you don't know how to treat yourself because you're not really even sure what brings you joy or fills your cup up, think about, gosh, <laughs> trying to nail it down into one question. I invite you to think about just who it is that you are when nobody else is around. Mm-hmm. Like what, what do you actually, what would you do for fun if nobody was around or if money wasn't an issue and dive into things that like may seem, oh, what's, what's the word? Like, you're like, oh, everybody knows it's about me, but do they like, no, like only you know that. And oftentimes an outsider's perspective is the easiest way to start understanding who you are. I often challenge people to reach out to their five closest friends and family members and say, Hey, what are three things about me that really stand out to you? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like, first of all, that's super uncomfortable, but the whole, the whole like key to growing and learning about yourself is getting uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because it's not comfortable to know who you are. But once you kind of break through that shell, Mm -hmm. it's super rewarding because you're then able to know, like, I like this, I don't like this. And that's kind of like boundaries, like this Mm -hmm. is me and this is not me. Mm -hmm. So the more you know about yourself, the more you can. Well, and it reminds me too of the question you asked our team yesterday. We're doing this new exercise in meetings. And the question was, wasn't it something like, who knows the real you? And I think it kind of goes hand in hand Mm -hmm. where like, who are you when no one else is around? And who actually knows the real you? And for some of us, that's no one. Mm -hmm. And that's a weird thing. Mm -hmm. I'm an Enneagram three wing four. So there catch me on a day and I will say that no one actually knows the real me. My emotions are really (laughs) high and I'm really like leaning into that four, but it is, it's true. We, and Abby and I have kind of talked about this a little bit where we're like, we're cooler than we really are like online than we really are like in real life. And Abby shared some stuff on her stories yesterday Mm -hmm. that backed that up too. We also look different online than we do in real life. But so if you (laughs) ask yourself that, like, Because I feel like, especially professional women, right, you picture the real you as the person who's working because we'd love it. We do. Like professional women Mm -hmm. love our work. That's why we're doing it. And it's Mm -hmm. so much such a big part of our identity for good reasons and for negative reasons. Even if you have such a healthy relationship with who you are and who your work version is, which I'm starting to get closer and closer to that, it's still really hard for me to be like, if someone asks like, what's going, what, you know, what have you been doing lately? It's work. It's work. The first things I share are work related. And so I really like in the conversation here at Boss Project in the last year or so, where we've been really talking about that life first business model, I truly believe that starts to like leak itself into every aspect of our lives when you're building a life first business. It means when someone asks you, what have you been doing? You don't talk about work first because you have other things that you actually find interesting to talk about. Right, like like your my soup, soup challenge. challenge. I love I- your soup challenge. <laughs> yes. And so, and when someone asks you how you're doing, it's not a, oh, I'm so like overwhelmed and stressed and I have all of these things. Like that you're also leaving space in your life to be able to find that freedom. To me, that's that's the biggest mm-hmm. self-care that you can do is restructuring your headspace and your life around prioritizing things outside mm-hmm. of money, outside of hobbies, even that you've monetized, you know, all of those different things. So anyways. Yeah. 
Well, I think for me personally, because I I had to do a lot of inner work to get to know who I really was. And I, to get a little vulnerable, I am a highly influenced mm-hmm. person. Like I, I have the ability to be highly influenced in well, many areas like of your my human life, design chart, is- something in you is undefined. So it like literally brings in the emotions of Yes. Well, and that's part of why I'm so empathetic because I can sit in what other, I can sit in other people's emotions. I can literally go through what they're going through as they're going through it and feel every bit of it in my body. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, as someone trying to identify what do you want to do for a living, (laughs) it makes it really confusing because you see something and you see someone enjoying it. And then all of a sudden you try it on. And so I've tried on many, many hats over the years because I felt attracted to how other people were feeling in it. And it also is why I was in a sorority in college and why I've been a part of organizations because I I didn't know how to exist Mm -hmm. as an individual. I had to exist in a culture, if that makes sense. And so when I started my business online, I literally had to make a community because I didn't know how to exist Mm -hmm. as an individual. And so, so much of that meant that instead of me doing the inner work to decide what do I want, what do I want to offer, what do I uniquely bring to this mm-hmm. world, I looked around and said, okay, well, my background is this. And based on that, you know, the other people with the same background, mm-hmm. they're doing things like this and they're offering things like this and they're selling things like this. And they say these things are their goals and they're doing this work so they can work towards this thing. And I literally had made my entire life Every ounce of it, what I offered, how much I offered it for, how I marketed it, how I wanted my life to be perceived, my literal personality was defined by the world I had immersed myself in instead of me deciding what was true to me. But when I started unlearning all of that, the really this amazing thing happened where shockingly people actually do like (laughs) me Um, like they like my unique perspective they want to hear what I have to say they're attracted to my offers that have nothing to do with anybody else like I can change my mind about how I do something and it doesn't break my business and I can prioritize things in my life that other people don't see as a priority And I can make more money because of it. Like there's so many opportunities open to you. But I think if you happen to be the kind of person who is easily influenced and you know you are like if you were were in high school and the moment somebody wore those new shoes and then you were trying to talk your mom into it or like a new trend came on and it was like everyone was watching the show and you had to watch it. And then you went to college and then like everyone was living in this one apartment complex. So like, that's where you had to live or like, it's funny you how know. alike and different we are. Cause I cannot relate to that less. <laughs> I was like, Oh, everyone's doing well, that. I will do the opposite. <laughs> well, and that's great. But I also oh, it's think whole that's other issues. I, it's just so different. It, 
It's because my it's problem is, is that, things. and I think a lot of our listeners will empathize with this because I do think a lot of business owners are Enneagram threes and Enneagram threes are, are the chameleons. And if there was any song ever written that's perfect for Enneagram threes, it's Taylor Swift's Mirrorball. And it is 100% exactly who I am as a person. Who do you need me to be right now? Zip it up. I can be that exact person. Who do I need to shift myself into to fit into this group to like, but it comes from, for me at least, going back to our conversation earlier about like childhood and like managing emotions. Mine comes from, I want everyone in the house, in the room, in the family, in the friend group to be happy. So I will be whoever each individual person needs me to be in that time to make that happen. And so when I realized I was doing that, I didn't know, okay, what parts of the characters that I play do I actually like? What part's actually me? Is any of that real? I still don't know the answer, so. (laughs) Yeah, and that's so crazy to what you say, both of you, just how, and I hear this all the time, people, they think they are who they are, but really it's just somebody else's idea of them. They're identifying with somebody once told them, like, you're too this, you're too that. Oh, you're so good at this. And they cling on to that when in reality, it's not who do others want you to be? It's who do you Mm -hmm. want to be? And then how can you give yourself grace Mm -hmm. if you're not there right now? Yeah. The cool part is you get to grow into any kind of person at any time. And so like, you may be one thing today, but the part that scared the shit out of me, but when I realized is like, okay, if I want to live a certain way, or if I want to prioritize certain things, do I and am I willing to change who I am to make mm. that a reality? And and sometimes the answer is obvious. Sometimes you're now you end up in this ethical debate with yourself of like, does that make me too much of a different person to grow into that? There's there's so many things that come here, but the part that's strange to me is time just keeps passing. So like you can't, you can't stop time and you naturally evolve as a human, the more you age. And so like things you thought about yourself in your twenties, it's not all that shocking that 10 or 15 years later, all of a sudden you feel mm-hmm. differently about yourself. That's called growth. That's normal and human evolution. behavior. <laughs> yeah. That's called growth. Exactly. And so like, it doesn't mean you getting rid of a part of yourself or letting go of part of yourself it doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Like sometimes that shedding just like allows you to open up other things you didn't even see possible for yourself. Or maybe like you had like the little inkling of growth and now it can like really prosper because you have mm-hmm. the room for mm-hmm. it. I'm here for it. Megan, I'm curious for you, how has that evolved for you? Because I see you as both a highly confident person and someone who is working all the time to grow that. And like, it's not like you can be there and still be working to be there. So like, can you talk a little bit more about what that looks like? Yeah. So actually, one of the things I learned about myself during my years of self-discovery was that I'm a very just like real, honest and open person. And so through my journey into confidence coaching and business and life coaching and all of that. I was just open with everyone that like, hey, I'm working on this and here's what I'm learning. And for me, sharing what I'm learning was a way for me to be confident and cool with the fact that I don't have it all together. And that's totally okay. 
I think oftentimes we put so much pressure on ourselves to get it right and have it perfect right away and only share that side of ourselves. But I'm self-aware enough. I'm an Enneagram one. And I think that's another thing. Like if you're, if you don't know who you are, like dive into some of those personality tests and just see what resonates with you and kind of just like sit with those Mm -hmm. because those are huge for self-awareness. But yeah, so I, (laughs) I'm constantly, I would say working on my confidence and treating myself and all of that. But the cool thing about like confidence and knowing who you are is like, those are, and this is like a hot take. Like people will say like, you can learn confidence and you sure can, you can like get better at it. But confidence is the state of mind that you can access Mm -hmm. at any time. It's not this just like skill that you're born with it or you're not born with it. It's, it's a state of mind that you can cultivate access to quicker and quicker. Like the more time you spend in that confident state, the easier it is for you to get into that confident state. There are, but there are very many times where I'm not confident and I am struggling with my mental health. And I share that as well, because I think it gives others permission that like, you can be confident and depressed (laughs) in the same day. And that's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I think it's so important that we let down our guard a bit and we can be both a work in progress and create progress. Like we can we can be defining who we are and working towards goals. We don't have to it's not like a a lot of things in life, you have to complete one step before you can do the next. Mm-hmm. And I think when we're working on ourselves, especially amidst trying to run a business or, or grow or reprioritize certain aspects of our life, you're just going to have to commit to change in the midst of progress. Like you're not going to be like, well, now I'm just so great at self care, or I'm so great at treating myself. Like you are going to move forward and then slip back and then like do great at it for a while. And then life happens and you're going to have to readdress some things or you might have a boundary in place that really allows you to do all these things. And then you break your boundary or someone else like infringes on it and you don't know how to handle it. And it's like, it's never, it never stops. So I don't want you to think that if you're listening to this, that we have it all figured out and that we're perfect (laughs) at it and that we know exactly what all of these buckets look like for ourselves at all times the things that go in them are changing and evolving as we change and evolve and as we age and as our life circumstances change. And so I just want to invite you to like not know and continue to make progress. But before we wrap it up, I would love to just spend a couple more minutes on, okay, maybe you started to do some of this initial inner work. You're starting to unravel who you want to be in comparison to the person you thought you had to be for everybody else, and you're starting to get clear on who that person is, how do we get to the point that we're not just doing the bare minimum and that we are starting to celebrate ourselves and treat ourselves? Like, what are some ways we can brainstorm what that looks like? 
Totally. I think it's all about making it a priority. So many people say, oh, I'll treat myself when this, or I'll be, you know, I'll do self-care after this. And they schedule in for this non-distinct time in the future. But in reality, you know, you've got to prioritize it daily, like adding things to your calendar and not moving them. Like when that 30 minute time block pops up, like, and it says, oh, self-care, like you go do that self-care and you don't wait until you've accomplished this thing or finished that thing. Like self-care shouldn't be a reward. Self-care could be something that you are adding into your day to give you back the energy so that you can show up for your business and your clients and your family and your friends and your loved ones and everybody else. Because I mean, that's what we all want to do, right? Is take care of others, but you cannot do that if you're not prioritizing yourself. So scheduling it in, I think is huge. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think I tend to be the, and part of this is also knowing that as a human, I like a challenge. <laughs> and so it's hard to unravel that where it's like, well, I don't actually have to meet the goal mm-hmm. to to have a treat, you know, and, and, and not that we need to get into this, but as someone who is actively in recovery from an eating disorder, I have made treating myself an, a very yeah. unhealthy habit. And so trying to figure out the, can you have your cake? If it, mm-hmm. cake is a thing you want to treat yourself with, but there's all these other shit associated with it, it can get a little complicated. But I think there's ways as you kind of work through these things to make them a priority. And if you know these things about yourself, it doesn't mean don't stop making yourself challenges. Don't stop setting goals. It just means also making it a priority. And so like, for me, I know treating myself is like a 15 minute drive in the middle of the day for absolutely no reason. Like I don't need to go anywhere. I don't need to get anything. I just need to get out and get a break. Okay. Well, like I don't need to like check off 75 things. In fact, I'm better off just stopping in the middle of whatever I'm doing and taking those 15 minutes. And it's surprising how often that helps. And so like, what is the thing that you can, that's the easy thing at least initially, you can make your treats more complicated and as you grow, but like, what's an easy thing you can look forward to and schedule on a regular basis that feels attainable and is like you're saying, going to fill you up. I love that perspective. Emily, any last words um, We're going to wrap this up. If you guys want to continue conversations like these and have someone in your corner who's going to remind you the importance of self-care, treating yourself and help you understand the limiting beliefs that are tangled up in a lot of our first responses to conversations like these, then these conversations are happening often inside the incubator with our clients. And so if you want more of this from us and from Megan, I encourage you to go to bossproject.com slash incubator and apply. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. 
Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.